Welcome to Make Your Mark podcast, where guests share their experiences, insights, and tactics to help you accelerate your business. So building, scaling, and monetizing your business is made easier. And I'll be your host, Kay Suthar. Hey guys, welcome to Make Your Mark podcast. And I have a treat for you today. Not only does he always look epic in yellow, but oh my goodness, he has a different brain altogether. I mean, I just had a conversation with him off camera and my mind is blown already. And I know that this is going to be an epic episode for every single listener out here. Now, he will be talking about how to be productive, boost your productivity and your profits while working with VAs. Yes, that's right, guys. I know there's a lot of you here that are thinking, oh my goodness, VAs, how do I find them? How do I work with them? How do I train them? There's a lot of challenges. And Bijal Palmer today is going to be able to solve those issues. We're going to be talking about it in a lot of depth. Bijal Palmer, thank you for coming to the show. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Not as excited as I am. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, it's been a while. I've been trying to get you onto the show for a long time and I finally hunted you down and got you um on this show. So I'm super super excited. Now before we get into the whole nitty-gritty of VAs and being productive, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you got to this point in business. All right, so I'm gonna start with this. I got to the stage in business by being unproductive. Right. Oh, <laughs> which is my you know realization um several years ago that hey the reason that entrepreneurs do not get the results that they want to achieve is because they're actually not productive so um let me break down the word productivity because i think it's important to put it in context when you before you start the conversation today the word productive can have multiple layers of meaning but the original meaning of the word productive is how much yield will a, a certain area of farmland produce you know so there's an acre so what is the production of that acre now today um if you look at um, manufacturing we've got efficiency which is the use of time we've got productivity which is what do we produce and then we have performance which is the state in which we produce it right so when when we talk the word productive um or productivity in this context i want people to think in in three terms the time that they spend producing a result the actual results they're producing is it actually what they want to produce and in what state are they producing the the result and so the word the reason i have the word be epic uh, is also symbolic so first the word epic it stands for being efficient being productive being intentional which is what do we intend to do and being completional because if you look at the people's intention and completion rate literally as a mathematical equation we will see that most entrepreneurs a are not intentional but b more alarming is that they're not completional which they start a lot of things because it feels good to start but they're not necessarily good at completing a lot of things so this is the the epidemic that you know we are looking to solve so why the b so right around my 50th birthday i picked up a book on business management and it's all based on the beehive and how bees actually communicate. And I, you know, to, long story short, the bees are a very productive creature in the very short time span that they have on this planet. So they have to perform their unique purpose. They have to serve their hive. They have to serve humanity. So we entrepreneurs have to serve our unique purpose. 
We have to serve our community and we have to serve serve humanity. So we entrepreneurs need to be a little bit more bee-like. That's the name Be Epic. That's where the word Be Epic came from. So as I, as I started by saying, how did I get to this place? It was basically a realization that I hadn't been productive. I mean, busy, right? We, we, I think we can all we can all chalk off being busy on, on our checklist, but being busy and being productive are not the same thing. And 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 thus my my the last well since about only two thousand nine since I've been you know in this industry of working with virtual assistants, um, you know what I've learned not just not just through the virtual assistant industry, but I uh, but also about productivity in general. And I devoured every book you can imagine on the topic of productivity, um, and to kind of simplify it down to what's what's feasible and usable um, in this thing. And I learned it the hard way. And uh, would you like me to kind of share the story of how basically the first few years of being in this industry turned out? Because it wasn't it wasn't quite planned out. Yes, please do. All right. So right around 2009, I had that dark night of the soul moment. Um, you know, no matter what I'd done as an entrepreneur, I wasn't producing the results. I'd been to the seminars, you know, broken boards, the whole thing, read the books, the CDs, everything else, right? Tapes. And I wasn't producing the results in my life. And I had that moment, um, okay, when I thought, is that million-dollar life insurance policy the only way I was going to get to that mythical million-dollar business, right? Mm-hmm. And it, would it be in my passing, not in my life? Now, I, didn't, I, I contemplated it, but I didn't obviously you know, move forward with it. But it was that dark night, the sole moment that I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to in some shape or form. During that rest of the next month, I went through a whole personal transformation program. And at the end of it, right around September 2009, I decided, hey, I'm going to reinvent myself in the outsourcing industry. I hired three ladies in the Philippines. I had come up with new website, new business cards, new branding. I went to my first big event. This was the big event where I was going to recruit my first set of clients. And the very first speaker on stage had already had a virtual assistant business in the Philippines. He had about 100 VAs at the time. And I was like, oh, my God you've just literally crushed my event. You're going to take all these clients that I wanted to to recruit. But at the end of that event, I well, actually the first break, I went up to him and said, Hey, I'm just getting started. Would you, would you kind of maybe give some tips and pointers on how to grow this business? And he said, yeah, sure. And so basically long story short, I gave him a call on a Monday. We talked, we met for coffee. And over the next six weeks, I went from becoming an affiliate of his, a master affiliate to finally working with him. And I worked for him literally for a decade helping grow that business from 100 VAs to f- over 500 VAs um, in a call center model. Now, in 2010, um, my lawyer messed up our immigration process, and we actually had to leave. We well, gave two choices, become illegal in the US or leave the country. So to mid- middle of June 2010, uh, myself and my wife made the decision that we we're going to sell everything, basically, and leave the country. We, we, over the next 30 days, we basically sold everything on Craigslist and, and wherever we could. And we left in September. We basically left with four red bags, three laptops, two children who are five and 10, one wife, and we left. And we thought we'd be gone for about maybe six months to 12 months to try and reapply for immigration. We actually traveled for the next five years. And it wouldn't be possible to have that lifestyle without the help of um, the VAs that were working with us on the team. You know, So that's where I kind of cut my teeth on living the you know the laptop lifestyle which i believe is very cliche but we kind of did um and 
you know, delegating a lot of the work that uh, what I call the morbid work, okay, which is the mundane, overwhelming, the repetitive, the I don't want to, the dislike doing stuff that bogs so many entrepreneurs down. And then um, I said, I, I worked for that company for about 10 years. We parted ways in, in 2009, we actually sold that company. And then uh, over the last couple of years, I've been basically rebuilding a brand new model, a very unique model in the industry um, with, with an entirely different uh, with different approach that basically provides us the, the kind of the benefits of an agency, but the low cost of hiring direct. So that's basically the last decade in a nutshell. Wow. Oh, my goodness. It sounds like you've gone through some ups and downs, Bajal. Um, but, I mean, so regards to the, your VA business now, you have learned through, you know, making mistakes, learning from other people that have had very similar companies. And now you're building or you've built this business with VAs helping entrepreneurs so they don't have to do the mundane work day in, day out. Now, my question to you is this. At what point should an entrepreneur in their business decide that, okay, it's time to get a VA? Because we all know when we're starting up in business, you know, people are like, you've got to make the money first. You've got to make the money before you start hiring. In the meantime, you're doing everything. So when would you say is the best time to start hiring people in your team, getting VAs to help you out? I had a conversation just yesterday with another friend of mine. Um, he's part of a, a very um, advanced kind of business network. So he he, he had lunch with a, with a business owner. The business owner runs five businesses, but works three days a week, okay? Um, and as you're sharing the story to me, it, it dawned on me that successful business owners actually work less than the ones who are struggling. And the key is that they've built businesses. When a lot of people say, I have a business, they actually do not have a business. They have a job. They basically, they've left a job and started. they started down this path of self-employment. So let's be very clear about the distinction between having a business and self-employment, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs intermix this word, and and it's not a, it's not an overnight fix. Like I still believe I'm still treading the the gap between the two because I still have to work in my business. I'm not there at the point where, you know, the business I can I can take a year off and the business will still run. And even in and most even most CEOs will tell you that's not how it works, right? This concept of the four hour work week. Hey, a great book teaches great concepts. But I, I'm pretty sure that um, Tim Ferriss has never worked four hours in a, in a, in a, in a week, right? Um, <laughs> uh, right. But he's doing things that he enjoys doing in the business. That's the distinction. Right? Right. So when he, when he says a four-hour work, what I'm talking about is four hours of stuff that you don't really want to do, but you have to, to to grow your business. Everything else he spends his time on is stuff he wants to enjoy doing. He loves to write. He loves to interview, whatever. So going back to your question, the moment you decide to become an entrepreneur, right? Is the moment you need to decide what is it you're going to focus your time on and what is it you're going to delegate to others? Because if you're not going to delegate, then you essentially, you've given yourself multiple jobs, many of them at $5 per hour. So I'm going to go a little bit metaphorical for a second here. This is this is one of the things I think we can understand. If you are saying, okay, there's a whole bunch of stuff VAs can do for you starting at five bucks per hour or 15 bucks per hour, whatever it is, okay? Right. Now, a lot of us go to seminars and we we are sold the the hope that we can become million-dollar business owners, right? I'm just going to use the word million because it's something that we can relate to as, as entrepreneurs. 
Now, a million-dollar business owner, the time value is approximately $500 per hour, right? So that's how you should be valuing your time. If you desire to be a million-dollar business owner, your time value converts into about $500 per hour. But let's forget a million for a second. Let's say you want to reach your six figures. That means your time value is about $50 per hour, right? Now, what are you? What signal are you putting out there when you continuously spend 80% of your day doing things that others can do for you for $5 per hour? How can you value your time at $5 per hour and yet hold the intention, the dream of becoming a six-figure business owner or a seven-figure business owner, right? When you actually look at your time, how much, what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, and 80% of that is filled with things that others can do for $5 per hour, you are literally self-sabotaging your time value. So when I, when I speak to people about VAs and stuff, everyone's going to know, how do I hire a VA? How do I, so you're asking the wrong question. The question you need to be asking is, what should you be doing in your business? Darren Hardy says that of the many successful people he's, he's interviewed in his life, the common factor is this, that most will say that they're good at about one to six things. The ones who make the most money is about one to three things that they say that they are good at, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that we as entrepreneurs, if we're not delegating and we're doing all these things, we're spending a lot of time, a lot of our time on things that we are not good at. And thus we when we wonder why we're not producing the results, the good results that we require in our business. So this is a little bit more higher level than just working with a VA. But we have to get the mindset around delegation right first. And then we have to make a decision. You know what? It's it's, it's even if you outsource, and I, I we have a concept called the five dollar per day VA, right? Which is if you are like starting off and you've never hired a VA. Just think about if you could delegate just a few things for one hour per day, it would cost you five bucks per day, right? To hire a VA to take on that, that one hour's worth of work, right? What would it be, right? And that's what I call expanding your delegation muscle. That you're you're saying, hey, I am now ready to start delegating, even if you're on a super tight budget. Um, and, and that's kind of the starting point. It's like, it's not about when's the right time, whatever. You have to. Otherwise, you are going to be stuck doing the morbid stuff in your business. And that's the stuff that makes you feel like death. And that's why we give up on our dreams. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you for clearing that up. Oh, my goodness. So what I'm getting from that is from the very get-go, you've got to decide what it is that you want to do and what you want to delegate from the very beginning. The beginning. There's no waiting until you're ready, which is what yes. most people do. Yeah. Right? And so one of the things I love about you, Vigel, right, is is your mind, right? (laughs) You've got this way of speaking to individuals and getting the best out of them and getting them to be a lot more productive, right? I don't know how you do it, but it comes very easy to you. And so how do you then, right, with your VAs, Get the best out of them. Get them to do the things that they need to do in a timely manner. Meet deadlines. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that just struggle when it comes to training and just getting VAs to kind of complete certain tasks. How have you managed that? I'm going to answer it in, 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 in two ways, right? Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to so there's, there's two key areas of outsourcing. There are projects. And there are processes. So let me explain the distinction first. So 
we are familiar with projects, setting up a website, a funnel, doing up maybe writing a book, getting a logo, designing a logo, getting it done. So people have become very familiar with delegating project-based outsourcing. Plenty of platforms, Fiverr, Upwork, where you can go hire somebody for five, 10, 15, 20, 50 dollars per hour and get a project done. Where entrepreneurs struggle is in delegating the processes, right? So imagine a machine, imagine imagine there's a, a money printing machine, yeah. right? What we do is we go spend the money building the money printing machine. However, imagine that on the side of this machine, there's a, there's a wheel and this wheel has to be cranked every single day to print the money. Imagine like those old fashioned presses, right? Yeah. Someone's got to crank the wheel. The cranking the wheel is mundane. It's overwhelming. It's repetitive. Yeah. It's boring as hell, right? So what we entrepreneurs struggle to do is we struggle to run the day-to-day processes in our business. What we prefer to do is go spend more money on yet another project. And and I call it a workshop or an event, buying a program, a project, right? Right. A start and end point. And thus we've, we've sunk, and I put my hand up myself, sunk so much money in the starting of a business or buying a program, whatever, but very little money in cranking the wheel. Thus, because we do not crank the wheel in our business, we actually also not very good at outsourcing the cranking of the wheel to others. Ah. So the first distinction I want people to understand is that for long-term success, we have to start thinking processes and systems in our day-to-day activity. What are the processes, the day-to-day, mundane, overwhelming, repetitive, the I don't want it, the boring stuff that has to be done by somebody in the business that would actually produce the results. Once we have that, now we can say, great, well, if I had the time to do it, how would I do it? If you don't know how to do it, where can I learn to, 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 to define that process? Once you have that, now you can give it to a VA. VAs are great at the morbid stuff that we don't like to do. Because right. why? Because that's that's where they're going to make consistent long-term money. And when it's, when it's just a few things that they're doing on a daily basis, they become really good at cranking the wheel, right? And when they become good at cranking the wheel, you can then, you know, start to grow other areas of your business. The other ways that people, uh, entrepreneurs struggle with a VA, that they, they are already in overwhelm with what they're doing. They have a list of 500 things they have to get done. They hire a VA, believing, because that's what all the gurus sometimes teach, hire a VA and they're going to, do all this stuff. No, yeah. when you, if you if you take your overwhelm, you hire a VA and, and basically transfer your overwhelm to a, to a VA, they're going to have you overwhelmed. They're going to underperform and you're going to have disappointment in, in what you do, right? So it's better to prioritize what to delegate. And the prioritization is going to be based on, do you want to make more money? Do you want to create more time for yourself? Do you want Are you in a place of expanding by adding a customer support team? So you have to be aware first of where you are in your business and what's more important to do. Sometimes if you're looking to generate more money in your business, what are some of the revenue supporting activities a VA can do? Now, one of the things I teach is I'm going to share two ways to use a VA that's kind of unique. One is who is managing your sales pipeline? Now, the only way this doesn't really um, apply is if you are in e-commerce because e-commerce is very transactional on a website, right? Mm -hmm. However, if you're in any kind of person-to-person business, B2B, or even a B2C where, you know, you're selling a, a program or a product and there's a pipeline in terms of that. It's not a one-click one sale. There should be a sales pipeline, right? That means that someone's shown interest in what you do. Um, and people think, well, I've got an email list. 
Well, email list is great, but it doesn't it doesn't allow you to nurture someone from stage one, which is a, the time you meet them, all the way through to a sale. Right. Now, there are many sales pipeline software, PipeDrive, HubSpot, which which allow for this. So there are stages of a sales thing. Now, done right, this these stages show you exactly how much money is in each stage of your pipeline. The softwares are out there; they're pretty inexpensive. Some of them are free. But we don't like to to log into our sales pipeline, given we even have a sales pipeline. Right. So if sales is part of your business, right, and you do not have a sales pipeline, think about that for a second. Why wouldn't we, right? Yeah. So I often say to entrepreneurs, hey, if you want to make friends and catch up on gossip, log into your social media first thing in the morning. If you want to generate sales in your business, log into your sales pipeline. But I know even saying that, people will resist doing that. Well, what if your VA manage your pipeline for you? What if they're the ones in your pipeline telling you, hey, you've got to follow up with Kay today, right? You've got to follow up with Bob today. You've got to follow up with John today, right? And train them to manage your pipeline. And you just basically get a message telling you what to do from your VA, right? If all you did was spend $5 per day having your VA manage your sales pipeline, I guarantee you, you'd probably make more money, especially if you're in things like network marketing or anything that's the, that's a person-to-person type business. The second way Five bucks per day, right? These are two five bucks per day methodologies to just to improve both profit and productivity is that so far I've talked about you delegating work to a VA. Yeah. But who's holding you accountable to what you need to be doing in your business? Let me explain. About five, six years, since about 2015 now, I've been teaching entrepreneurs how to do proper prior planning. The reason being is I, I co-facilitated high-end masterminds. People would spend $20,000, $25,000 going to these masterminds, get a ton of great ideas, how to make a million dollars, $10 million, but they wouldn't actually do the planning that turned it from an idea to a plan of action. So I started doing planning workshops. So people would come together, we actually ran them here in Vegas, and they would sit there for three days and break down exactly what to work on for the next 90 days. Imagine sheets of paper with sticky notes, breaking down the grand idea into tangible tasks, right? And I'd leave them with the homework. Hey, now you've got a plan, schedule this stuff into your calendar. And that's the part I couldn't get them to do. I couldn't get them to actually schedule what to do into the calendar. So I said, well, what if a VA does that for you? What if you sit there and ask, tell your VA, hey, in the next seven days, I really want to get these things done. And the VA asks you the question, well, for the, for task number one, K, let's just say it's copywriting. Um, how long do you want to spend on that? So, you know what? I'll give myself two hours. Now they take the task and the time, <clears throat> they go into your calendar and they schedule it in your calendar. And now let's say you schedule three things. I, I work in a rule of threes. At the end of the day, they're going to ask you, hey, Kay, um, did you get those three things done? You're either going to say, yep, I did it or no, I didn't. If you say, no, I didn't, they're going to ask you, okay, what's your excuse? Why didn't you get these three things done? So I've turned basically, because we all need to be managed. I don't care how good we think we are. We suck at self-management, right? <laughs> right. But we also don't want to be, we also don't want a boss. We also certainly don't, you know, can't afford necessarily an operations manager um, mm-hmm. or, a, or a business manager, you know, uh, depending on you know where we are. And even coaches don't get into the granular level of checking in every single day. But now you've got your VA asking you, and they're tracking all of this in in, in, a, in a software, basically. But now you have to give them a reason that you, for the excuse of not doing what you said that you really had to do, 
And when you say, um, and then the next question I ask you is, okay, hey, what's the impact of you not getting these things done? So psychologically, what I'm doing here is I'm turning a very, you know, a, a VA into an accountability partner, but not by doing things for you, but by really helping you stay on track to get your own things done. So here we go. So we've got a $5 per hour VA that's going to manage your sales. We've got another $5 per hour VA that's going to help manage your time, which is basically the intentional and completional part of the equation, right? They're going to help you intended action, right? And completing the actions that you say you're going to do. So imagine this now, you've got a budget, you know, of 10 bucks per day, 23 days a year, right? So you've got 230 bucks, but now you've got somebody managing your sales and managing your time. Imagine how much more productive you can be when you start operating at that level of productivity. Wow. See, Bajel, this is the reason why I knew I had to get you on here, right? Because you have picked up on two main things that I guess people just don't look at, right? Or a completely different perspective. The fact that you're saying that get a VA to keep you accountable, making sure that stuff gets done in your business is not something that I've heard of before. People don't hire a VA to do that. Right. Right. It's completely new. And so how did you come up with something like that? What Was this something that happened in your business where you thought, hey, I need to get a VA to keep me accountable? It, it basically is all self-reflection, right? Okay. Like if I, if I look, if I go back 20 years as a career as entrepreneur, and I said, God, I know if I if I look at what I haven't done, that's basically how both these, you know, it's, it's the same same use of the VAs. Um, and the reason it's VAs, let me explain, because it's not about being cheap, right? It's because, you know, I believe we should be spending our money in the, in the wisest way possible, right? So it's not about just five dollar per hour VAs. And let me, I want to, the term that is used out there is virtual assistance, right? The word virtual means not real. Well virtual assistants are very real people. So we actually have, we've coined the phrase vital assistants because the work they take on is vital. We want to have vital productivity and the word, the the definition of the word vital is important. It must get done type stuff, right? So actually, you know, so we are actually in the middle of rebranding to the, to really encompass this word vital, because when I look back at my career, I was not doing the vital things to produce the results. I was busy I was doing a lot of stuff, right? Going to events and stuff. But was I really doing the vital things that produced the results that I needed to be to be done, right? Visions are great. I always like I have a, I have a saying that to achieve your vision tomorrow, we have to do the vital tasks today, right? right. And that's what we have to ask ourselves. What are those vital tasks that I have to do? What are the vital tasks that my VA has to do? And if we, if all we do is st- stay focused on this term vital and just do those vital things, just delegate these vital things, I can't promise you, I can't guarantee you, but I believe based on track record that you're going to see far better accelerated results in whatever you do. I love that. And I feel like so many entrepreneurs out there get stuck in being busy because they feel like that's what they need to do. So, Bridget, as a business owner, an entrepreneur, CEO, you mentioned doing the vital things. What would you say are the vital things that an entrepreneur should be doing in their business? It's going to be, it's going to vary. It's going to vary business to business, right? 
And there's going to be the vital things that you as a, um, you know, the owner of the business should be doing. And then the vital things that your team should be doing, right? So to, to get to that level of what are the vital things a day, we actually have to go back to our vision. So if we look at our vision for our life, right? And say, okay, what do we want to create in the next three, two, three years? Okay. So we create a vision for our health, for our relationships, whatever. Yeah. Then we say, great. To achieve that three-year vision, what's our, the vital things that we have to really accomplish the next 12 months? Okay. We, we map that out. Okay. To achieve that, that next 12 months, what do we have to do on the next 90 days? So what's the next quarter look like, next 90 days look like to achieve our 12 months? All right, now we've got that. Now we drill it back to, great, to achieve our quarterly, what do we have to do this month? From this month, we break it down to this week. And from this week, we break it down to the task level activity for the day. So this is about alignment. So we have a, we, we teach a concept called RAPID, a rapid a review and planning, right? So RAPID is an acronym. It stands for reviewing exactly where you are. So what are the results you're producing? Aligning is making sure that what I just said, aligning from vision 12 months quarterly monthly weekly to the day are, are happening planning is planning the the activities that have to be done which includes scheduling the task in your calendar the i stands for identifying obstacles and solutions which is it's easy, it's great to plan but what if you put in your plan stuff you've been struggling with all these years i'll give an example of writing a book right so we plan to write a book we have all the great intentions but if you've planned to write a book previously and not done it, what makes you think this next week, this next month, you're going to actually write the book? Mm-hmm. So by by looking at our plan and inquiring or identifying potential issues, we can now go get the prime solutions, the people, the resources, the information, um, the methodologies, the the emotional support we may need to overcome those um things we've identified as potential challenges. So what we do, we go to, we go to we go to personal development events. We have these major breakthroughs. We walk on fire. All well and good, but is it what we need to overcome the actual thing that's preventing us this week? Right? If it's not, that's all basically, you know, I call it mental masturbation. Sorry for the word, but but they let, I want to get real here. We are wasting a shit ton of money on things that we do not actually need to be spending our money on, right? But once we can identify exactly what's stopping us, we can say, what do I need to spend my money on this week to overcome this obstacle, to achieve the plan, to align with my long-term vision? Um, So we're, we're drilling it down from etheric concepts down to what are the vital tasks, Kay, you have to get done today to meet that vision in the future. Because if you're not doing the vital things today, your vision is basically just etheric. It's basically just wishful thinking. Yeah. And so the biggest thing that I got from that is you've got to reverse engineer the things that you need to do right now today in order to get to your one-year, five-year, ten-year goal. Yeah, basically, right? And think about it. If If you're not doing the right things today, if you're not doing the vital things today, Everything else basically is just is just is just you know artistry, right? It's just wow. basically it's just visual thinking, right? Yeah. So, and, it's, and you asked me earlier, my you know why, right? The why is because I wasn't doing the vital things at AK. I wasn't being intentional. You know, I was doing what felt good in the moment, or I say a lot of my time was being spent on what felt good in the moment, right? It feels good to go to events. It feels good, you know, to 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 launch a new product, whatever, right? 
But if you can't be doing the vital things, and like it's not black and white, right? It's not like entrepreneurs do not do the do the things they need to do. But are they spending enough of their time doing it, right? And again, I I, I look at each twenty five minutes as a vital block of time. Can we get down to place where for the next twenty five minutes we can focus our energy on the vital thing we have to do for the next twenty five minutes to produce a result? Because if we're not doing the vital things today, present you may feel the effect, but future you is definitely going to feel the effect. Yes. Right. So when we, when, when I'll give you an example, when someone books a time on your calendar, 99% of the time, given there's no, uh, you know, big challenge going on or technology doesn't stop you, you will show up for somebody else. If we get to the place of putting in a, a, an appointment or putting in a task for ourselves in a calendar, and I call this an appointment with yourself, right? Right we are more likely to just brush it off. Something will come up, right? The cat will throw up on our Persian rug. The, you know, <laughs> the, the, the dog has to go to the vet or whatever. So when we are in a job for somebody else, this the drama doesn't seem to affect us as much. The moment we become entrepreneurs, it's amazing how much crap can fill up our calendar, right? So we can have a whole list of, you know, being going to get this done, this done, this done. And we look back and say, well, I had to go to Costco. And then I had to go to, to get the cake ordered for my you know, daughter's birthday. Then I had to go get my Persian rug clean. Then I had to go, blah, blah. And, you know, so we allow this distraction and drama into our lives because we're not being intentional, mm-hmm. right? We, 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 we have a list of things, but intentional means it's intended action. So when we actually start to embrace these words that we we, we use on a day-to-day basis, commitment is another one, right? Because it is events and they say, who, how many of you are going to blah, 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 blah. And you say, yeah, we're going to do this, right? right? Well, commitment in that moment is very emotional. By Monday, it's all forgotten, right? We're committed to nothing, right? So we have to, as entrepreneurs, start to really understand these words that we use and we, we embrace, but are we actually living them? And the thing, we all are human. There's a resistance to all of the, everything I just said is, is ideal. And every single day, okay, I resist doing it, but accept that and then find the the, the support you need to, to take it on, right? Because it isn't about, there's no workshop that can teach you this. There's no 24-hour magic pill. It is a daily discipline of, of aligning to the vital task right? This is not a one workshop, one day workshop. This is not a magic book that you're going to read. It is like going to the gym. You have to stay committed to the journey of the vital activity in your business. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. And not um, just keep paying your gym subscription every month and not turn up because that's not going to work either. Awesome. Oh my goodness. Um, Bajal. Wow, wow, wow. So many golden nuggets in such a short amount of time. And I feel like I can speak to you forever. Now, I know at this point, listeners are thinking, oh my goodness, how do I get hold of Bijal? How do I get the VAs um, into my business and keeping me accountable? So where can they go to connect with you? Right. Well, if you, if you go to my primary website, which is actually beepicoutsourcing.com, um, you know, you can learn all about what we do, how we do it, how we are different. We have a very unique pricing model uh, in the industry. Um, and we have a guide that can actually help you define what you should be focused on and what you can be delegating uh, to a VS. It's totally free, but that's basically, you know, um, to kind of get you started thinking about all that morbid stuff that you can delegate. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to go check that out. Guys. Go and connect with Bijal. Make sure you go and check it out. Go to his link. 
if you missed anything, then go scroll down. The links are going to be in the show notes. But go and connect with Bajal because he will be able to help you put the processes in place, put procedures in place, and get you doing the things that you need to do. Now, before we wrap up, Bajal, do you have any last words for our audience? Yeah, you know, I'm going to leave you with that, with that phrase that I said, shared earlier on, which is to truly achieve your vision tomorrow, you have to be intentional. You have to be epic about what you do today. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Bajal. It was amazing to have you on here. And like I said, oh my goodness, so many golden nuggets. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Make Your Mark podcast at www.makeyourmarkpodcast.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get this and every other episode that comes out. We have lots of great stuff coming, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And thank you in advance for all the reviews and comments. I appreciate it so much. And I look forward to serving you in next week's episode.